Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Eric Sue from Marketing School and Leveling Up. And if you want to level up your relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of sitting down with Eric Sue. Eric is the CEO of content intelligence software ClickFlow, which helps you grow your traffic while looking like a genius. He also owns ad agency Single Grain and has worked with companies such as Amazon, Airbnb, Salesforce, and Uber to acquire more customers. I don't know if you guys have heard of any of those companies, but they're kind of a big deal. And uh, he also hosts two podcasts, Marketing School alongside with Neil Patel and Leveling Up, which combined have over 30 million downloads to date. He also speaks frequently around the world on marketing and software as a service. Guys, it's going to be such a fun conversation. Eric and I connected recently. And as soon as we did, I knew that we had to have a conversation here on the show. Can't wait to jump into that. But first, really quickly, if you are a podcaster or you like to be a guest on podcasts, then you're going to want to check out the new software that we just put out there called Guestio. It's a podcaster and show marketplace where you can go on there, connect with other people. There's a paid marketplace and a free marketplace. So you can go on there, connect with people for free with your free Guestio account, or you can use your free Guestio account and, and go book some people that might be a little bit more difficult to, to get to say yes for free. Um, so that's over at guestio.com. 
guestio.com, guestio.com. Eric, what's up, brother? Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Yeah, well, first and foremost, everyone, make sure you check out Guestio. I've seen it. It's great. Thanks for having me, Travis. Uh, super excited to be here. Yes, sir. Of course. So I, I want to, before we kind of build some context here, which is what we like to do at the beginning of conversations, I do want to mention that you have a book coming out that I would love for just to kind of touch on, just to make sure that we that we talk about that uh, during during our chat. So tell me a little bit about when the book's coming out, what and what the top you know two or three takeaways that you want people to to have after they read it. Yeah, thanks for that. So the book's called Leveling Up. It's coming out February twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. And fundamentally, the book is about uh, acquiring power-ups or the right habits to advance in life. I think the one of the key concepts is, um, there's this concept I, I got from my friend, uh, Nathan Berry. He talks about the wealth ladder, right? So you know, in life, you can get a job and then the next level will be freelancing. The next level is maybe build an agency. And then after that, you build products and you just keep getting stronger and stronger. It's kind of a mindset thing to understand that you know, the reason a book's not called Level Up, it's called Leveling Up, is because the game doesn't end. You continue to play the game. And if you look at life as a game, games are fun to play, right? And you're constantly just getting better. And to me, business is the, is the ultimate game. So, you know, if you want to play at that level where, you know, for me, at least when I wake up in the morning, I still feel like I'm, because I, I used to play a lot of games growing up, I've recaptured that feeling. I've always wanted to be able to just say, I have something where it feels like I'm playing a game every day. And it, it largely feels like that right now. Yeah, I love that. So where can we go to get a copy of that book? Yeah, levelingup.com. Managed to, that was a, it was a game to get that domain too. So there you have it. There you go. I bet. No kidding, man. That's an awesome domain, levelingup.com. So if you're somebody listening to this, and if you are listening to this right now, you are automatically qualifying yourself as somebody who likes to level up in life because that's what the show is all about. So if you are interested in continuing to do that, highly, highly, highly recommend going to levelingup.com right now to pick up a copy of Eric's book. You guys know here on the show, every time we recommend a book, go do it right now because if you put it off till later, you're going to forget and you don't want to forget, especially when it comes to a book as valuable as this one's going to be. So Eric, I appreciate uh, you mentioned a little bit about that. So now let's go ahead and build some context. Tell me the story of what it was like to become where you are right now and how you've been able to level up through the years. So take me back. Let's talk Let's talk like 12, 13-year-old Eric, bro. Tell, give me like an idea of you know where you were living, what your family life was like, what school was like for yeah. you, that kind of big picture stuff. I'll tell you, my, I think my parents did a really good job because there's this one thing called, uh, we did a life timeline. And I, I remember I was in a room full of entrepreneurs and um, everyone's, you know, they, they have, they start out and then their life just completely, we drew line graphs and then their lines just, just fell off a cliff because crazy life event would happen. Maybe someone would pass away or, you know, um, they get injured or something like that. My lifeline has always been pretty steady, right? So there's, you know, my parents had set me up and, in, in, you know, grew up in a good, in a good neighborhood, went to a great college as well. And uh, they, they took care of me. I didn't have to work or anything like that, but I was still the ultimate failure. And so when I was 12 or 13, all I did was play games. So I did esports before it became a thing and uh, gaming was becoming popular. You know, there's all of these Counter-Strike, Quake, Diablo, all these games, right? I was largely a, a, a Blizzard kid. What I would say is I had no interest in school. I had no interest in people telling me what to do. I just wanted to play on my own terms, right? And game gaming happened to be my canvas. So just to fast forward the story to make it a lot faster, <laughs> um, Thinking about high school, I was almost kicked out. Okay, because I didn't feel like I didn't feel like going to this one required class that that was necessary to graduate. In college, all I did was play World of Warcraft, and and I went to the casino to play poker. So I played those two games. I never went to class. I had six withdrawals, and I think a, a, like a couple Fs the first year. And so I, I I basically and I gained a lot 
a weight to, right? And I, I just, all I did, I played World of Warcraft at 2 or 3 a.m. I go to Carl's Jr., get a $6 burger with guacamole and then get a chili cheese fries with it. And then I would get the raspberry iced tea as well. This is, and then I would just wake up at, you know, 12 p.m. and start playing again. It's really unhealthy. But I knew I had something, right? What I would say is this. Those of you that are just like, this is why I will never let my kids play games. Here's what I'll say. If you think about sports, what do you get from sports, right? Travis, did you play sports at all? Yeah, I played a lot of basketball growing up and pretty much okay. basketball. What, what, what did you get from basketball? What did you learn? So much, man. Hard work, teamwork, what it's like to set a goal and accomplish it, what it feels like to win something um, after you've put in a lot of work that most people aren't willing to do. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of yeah. take so what, what I'll say is this, it's the same exact thing with, with gaming, right? Except you don't get the physical benefits, so you still have to go to the gym and train. But teamwork, resilience, stealing ethically, all that type of stuff you get from the world of gaming. And so I just took all of that. Once I found a thing that I liked, which is business, I just applied it to that. And by the way, I failed in my career too. I got fired two times. Did you end up getting the degree or did you drop out after, after the first? I got the degree but I barely made it through, right? So here, here's the other thing. I kind of had to hack my way through it, right? So I went to this thing called, all the Asian kids went to this thing called Econ Tutor. That's why I was an economics major. And the guy would basically share the answers with us. So it was a guaranteed B or A minus. And I had a history minor as well. I would just go to Wikipedia the night before and write my paper that way. So the key thing is here, like, it's just combining all your learnings from different areas and applying it to something you're really interested in. And that happened to be business. So anyway, I don't want to spend too much time on my life story, but uh, there you have it. Yeah. So, so business became the, the new canvas then at that point. I'll tell you what happened. I mean, yeah, business became the canvas, but I didn't start as an entrepreneur. What happened was I was leading marketing at an online education startup, managed to help turn that company around. And then um, I was brought into the, the ad agency that I now own called Single Grain, and I was brought in to help save the company as well. But it was a different type of story. Six months into it, the four founders wanted out. And my podcast co-host, um, those of you that know who Neil Patel is, he was actually one of the partners. And I negotiated something. And by the way, this is part of leveling up too. Um, I, I learned how to do my first quote-unquote M&A deal. Because keep I'm, I'm air quoting right now because I was 27 years old. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I negotiated something where a deal where I pay $1 for 10% of Neil's shares, another dollar for another 10% of someone else's shares. And then the rest would be through the profits of the company with a contingency of if the company failed, I would own nothing. And so the reason I share this all right now is because I kind of failed my way into it. I leveled my way up into becoming this entrepreneur and I was able to turn the company around. And by the way, I made the company worse the first year of me running it fully. So that's fun. <laughs> that's yeah, I dropped all the way down to one, one employee. So that's what you want to know. <laughs> one employee being you or you plus somebody else. Yeah, it was me plus somebody else, but but we yeah we imagine like having this this thing that was that was kind of working but failing, and then being all the way down the one. Nobody had confidence in me. We'll just put it that way, including yourself. Yeah, got it. Yeah, so uh, so many things here, man, to, to take away from from just that that story right there. At what point along that journey do you feel like you started really earning your marketing chops? Like, where where did you feel like you 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 were like, man, I I, I feel like I have a pretty good handle on you know on how to go get more traffic into a website and stuff like that. So I would say when I was working a dead-end job coming out of college, as soon as I picked up my internship doing digital marketing, I was hooked. Got it. And so I would say within three months, I got pretty good at it because at the time, and still even right now, not a lot of people know digital marketing. And so the marketing side, I had locked down. It was the other intangibles around hiring, managing people, building a culture and all that type of stuff. I didn't know. Got it. So how did you go figure that out? Yeah. So I went to Amazon. The day I became a VP of marketing, and by the way, I was 25 or 26 years old. So VP, whatever. Uh, 
So I, I bought this book on how to manage people, right? How to be a good manager, high output management, that type of stuff. But more than anything, again, like maybe leveling up should actually be failing up because I failed my way forward. Like, for example, the first time I had to fire someone, I had a full on conversation like this for 15 minutes before I said I had to fire them, right? It's <laughs> stuff you do. And so nobody trained me on what to do. I think, by the way, reading a book, necess- by the way, I love reading, right? I have, I have a book right in front of me right now. When I read a book called Let My People Go Surfing, I took it literally. It was written by the Patagonian founders. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's about letting people you know, do their thing. And you know, if they want to go surfing, let them go. So when I took over Single Grain, I literally, yeah, let my people go surfing. I didn't come to the office. I let them do their thing. Lo and behold, one of the employees calls and is like, yeah, we got people in the office watching Family Guy and eating potato chips and not dressed professionally. And so everything was falling apart, by the way. So my point is, I read a lot of stuff and I failed a lot to get better and better. And then, um, yeah, at, at a certain point, you just become numb to failure where it's just like, it, it's the ticket to success. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, man. I, I, I definitely relate to you on that one. It seems like if you look at all the things that you tried or opportunities you've gotten into or you know different paths you've tried to take, if you took an account for that, you probably would have a really high failure rate, like a really high chance of failure. Yeah. But uh, but I think that that just means you you, you get more at-bats. Go go try to get a few more at-bats because the more at-bats that you have, the more chances you have of hitting a home run. You know what I mean? And, and every time you have another one, you get a little bit better, right? So like the next yep. one, you learned from, you know, the next time that you did that, that maybe I shouldn't just like let people do whatever they want to do. Maybe I should implement something a little bit different. You know what I mean? So I, you every time you get another at-bat, the lessons from the last one and put it in that one, you get another chance at, at smacking that, that ball out of the park. So yeah, it's sorry, small iterations. So, you know, Ronald Reagan has a good quote, trust, but verify. I think that one sticks with me. And then to your point, you know, Mark Cuban said, you know, the, the beauty of business is you just got to get it right once. You don't need to be a genius. There's plenty of people I know out there didn't get good grades, dropped out, weren't considered smart, have a big chip on their shoulder. And look at them worth hundreds of millions, if not billions now. Right. Where along the line did you feel like you hit your first home run? Like, wh- where did you feel like, oh, okay, like, this is why I do this. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, this is a great question. So, by the way, with my first podcast, Leveling Up, after the first year, since you, I, since you, you talk a lot about podcasts, after the first year, I was only getting nine downloads a day while I was trying to save Single Grain, which is the agency I took over. After the second year, I was only getting 30 downloads a day. And I think it's really important. Again, it's th- that's another example of, of failure. But in the third year, that's when things started to ramp up. I'm like, oh, now I'm getting you know, 30, 40, 50,000 downloads a month or so, right? And that's when I started to feel like, you know what? You know, Maybe two to three years, that's what it takes to, to see success. Because when I took over Single Grain, it took three years to, to get me to turn it around completely. And my whole thesis was, if I was able to turn it around, I could take the cash flows from that, that business and reinvest it in more durable or exponential revenue sources, right? So thinking of it as, as like, like an investor, because if you think about Warren Buffett, he has seized candies, which kicks off a ton of profits. He takes the profits from that and he reinvests it, reinvests it in other areas. So for me, you know, look, you know, the mothership might be single grain, the ad agency, and I take the cash flows there. I reinvest it into our software product, ClickFlow. I invest in different funds as well. And um, I, we also have a couple other things, right? So we're investing in headcount, marketing and all that. So we're constantly putting it back in. And so I would say the podcast and then, and then what I learned is, again, Single Grain took three years. My, my point here is Single Grain took three years to turn around. And we've talked about this on the Marketing School podcast because my, my co-host, he has a bunch of different businesses. Typically what we see is it takes three years to start to see business success. And so when I started to see traction, I'm like, wow, you know what? Three years into it, I think I can do it. So um, that's what really gave me the confidence. 
Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more strategy, tactical stuff here, Eric, because we, we have a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to the show and uh, it's not often that we can bring on somebody who's as knowledgeable in marketing as you are. Let's pretend we're just starting out here and just starting out, meaning like you're, you're making a little bit of money already. You have a business model, you have customers, but you're not even cracking six figures and you're not sure where to go. Tactical marketing stuff. What would you say would be the first you know, if, if, if someone's listening right now, what would, be, what would you say would be the first marketing channel that people should spend time getting competent at? Obviously, you're never going to be able to master every single thing, right? But if you can get competent at a few things, I think that you can start seeing some positive results that will allow you to maybe hire people who are experts in that area and can blow that, that channel up, right? So how, how do you know which one to start with and where do you go from there if you've like not really ever spent money in getting people into your business? Yeah, so I think I'm gonna to try to approach it from a business slash marketing perspective. I think it's helpful to think about it in that lens. So I used to think strategy was just the goals and strategy has, is, it's actually not your goal. Strategy is, there's a lot that goes into it. And I recommend reading a book called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. And so to come up with a good strategy, what you first have to do is you have to diagnose. So maybe my advantage is initially my, what I understood was SEO. So maybe that's one of my advantages. My unfair points of leverage might be SEO. Yours might be podcasting as an example. And so if SEO is my unfair um, leverage point, what guiding principles can I have? Okay, maybe we should focus on SEO. Maybe we should focus on blogging. Maybe we should focus on link building, whatever. And then from there, I start to come up with the actions, right? But everything stems from this diagnosis and then to the guiding principles. And so that's how you should run your, your business or that's how I run my business. And, you know, the problem with marketing is that even with a podcast like Marketing School, which we do daily, the problem is we're sharing tactics all the time and people start to get addicted to the tactics because it's, it's, you're like, oh, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? And you're getting these dopamine hits. But if you're just executing blindly with these tactics and you don't have a strategy, you're not going to make a ton of progress because you don't really know what you're going for and you don't know what your unfair advantages are. So that's what I would first say. And then from there, if you're good at voice, go do voice stuff. I mean, freaking Clubhouse just came out, right? If you're good at organic social, if your audience is hanging out B2B, you have an unfair advantage with LinkedIn organic right now. If you are hitting a younger audience, go for TikTok, the algorithm's super strong. Or if you're good at video and you think you crush it with headlines and thumbnails, go for YouTube. My point is there's a lot of channels, but go where you're strongest first. I would advise against SEO right now, unless you got some money where you can just go buy a website because SEO will take you 12 to 24 months to start to see decent results, not amazing results. Probably four to five years to see amazing results if you're consistent. So that's what I would say. I think it's it's trying to reframe how you think about strategy and tactics. Yeah. Are there any areas or channels right now that you view as being underused, undervalued, under underappreciated at the moment? Like any any platforms that we should be looking at, any channels that we should be considering that we're not thinking about? Yeah. So um, by the way, do you have a Clubhouse account? I literally like just made one two days ago. So that to me is a very unfair advantage right now. Because the funny thing is you're seeing a lot of people trying to growth hack it. And a lot, a lot of the pe people are, a lot of these people are digital, those digital marketers, or, you know, in, in some cases, internet marketers or affiliate marketers. And, you know, I'll, I'll look at it. Um, today, I was looking at a room. Are you going to take the vaccine or not? So you have people like, you know, just shouting at each other and there's like 2,500 people in there, right? Yesterday, Ty Lopez had a room with about 2,200 people or so. You know, people are just using their influence and inviting other people. But the key thing here is I'm seeing people, one guy was a best-selling author, 20,000 followers on Twitter, not bad. But on Clubhouse, he's got 150,000. So I think that's a big opportunity. I, I really I really like Clubhouse. To me, Twitter is old, but not enough people use it. The smartest people actually hang out on Twitter. And I've gotten, some of my best collabs have been with people just where I DM them on Twitter. 
I think TikTok, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's it's still the algorithm is very strong. And I just mentioned YouTube, by the way, quarter on quarter, YouTube is continuing to grow 10% plus. And people consider it a mature platform. It, I, I think it's still very early days right now. And then, like I mentioned earlier, LinkedIn organic, take advantage while you still can. Those are the channels that, that interest me right now. Yeah. So can we kind of separate that into two categories then? Like top paid channel, top organic channel? Like if somebody has a marketing budget and they want to start... Mm-hmm acquiring customers, what's the best one if you have some money to spend? And what's the best one if you're just yeah. going to organically at the moment? Yeah. In terms of ease, and I think in terms of generality, I would go for Facebook, Instagram, Google. Those are the big ones, right? And I, th- I don't think anybody's going to disagree there. But I would say this. Here's an anecdote from a company called uh, Morning Brew. And they, they're an eight-figure newsletter. And um, you know, early days for them, they what they realized was that them promoting their newsletter on other newsletters worked really well right? So if I was trying to promote this podcast right now, I might go buy ad space on a bunch of podcasts and just blow the money and try to promote. It just makes sense. It's, it's the right channel. The other thing I'll say too is when you have, uh, so when Clubhouse starts out with ads, the costs are going to be very low. So how can you destroy those costs in the first you know month or two before everyone starts to pile in? Because what Morning Brew did was they were attacking Instagram stories where um, they're getting e- emails or leads for cents, right? So um, I think it's that part is just attacking first. And then the other one is just, um, you know, if you're trying to promote your thing on one channel, can you find things that are similar to that um, and, and try to, you know, make that natural progression? This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like like hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So I want to shift the conversation a little bit here, Eric. This is Build Your Network. We talk a lot about relationships and about, honestly, a lot of it moves in uh, direct correlation with your show leveling up because that's kind of the idea is if you can craft and build your network to be a specific type of person, then it can allow you to create an environment that 
pushes you to level up in your life. And so I asked this question to every guest that's ever come on. I'm curious to hear your answer. And then we can kind of wrap a little bit about it after that. Who you know or what you know, Eric, which of those two do you view as being the more important asset in life and why? I'd be curious to to, to see what percentage of people actually say uh, who what you know. Uh, it's For me, it's definitely who you know. So I guess the question for you, Travis, is what percent of people actually say what you know? A fair amount, uh, actually. I'd probably, I mean, we, we should run the numbers to see what the actual percentage is, but I, I would say probably 30% to 40% say what you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm sure they have a good justification for it. Obviously, all the people we bring on are, are all really high quality people. And, and some of them have surprised me with their, with their answer to that question. Some people that I thought would say what, say who, and some people I thought would say who, say what. What's the main reason that you chose who? I think just even right now, I was just doing a clubhouse right before this. And I was looking at every the people I invited to the rooms. The title was how to get your first million SEO visitors, right? And we had a director of SEO from Shopify, Condé Nast, like big websites. And I'm just like, man, I'm so grateful that I know these people. And so when I think about that, there's different peer groups I'm in. I'm in, you know, entrepreneurs organization. I'm in young presidents organization. These people are way smarter than me. They've been around longer. They have way more experience than me. And I just, what I'm doing is I'm just learning. And so I am all about learning, but also teaching. And so I, th- I think it's just paying it forward. And then, um, you know, what ends up happening is you have this network effect, right? So people talk about what, you know, one of the most valuable types of businesses are network effects business, right? Businesses. So you got Facebook, you got WhatsApp. It just, that is very much a who you know type of business. So I, I, I totally agree. And I think that your your first point is is kind of what I always heavily lean on, which is, if you get around the right who, your what will increase exponentially, sometimes without even you, you thinking about it. You know what I mean? Just yep. being around people, their their mindset, the way that they talk about things, the way that they interact with people. Like you learn so much if you hang out with people who are just literally levels above where you are, especially if it's in the path or the industry that you're trying to you know, become yep. a better version of yourself in. So yep. that what totally. is going to move in exponential correlation to the who that you bring in your life. And I don't find it being true the opposite way. Like the what yeah. won't always bring, it sometimes does, right? Like if you're really, really, really good at what you do, then you're going to yeah. be able to get into better rooms, right? But it doesn't, yeah. it's not as duplicatable to me. It's not as predictable. If you want to go far, you go with the team, right? And if you want to go fast, you go alone. So it depends how you want to do it. Yeah, love it. So you obviously have been able to leverage good relationships in your life to you know, level up in a lot of ways, but also form, you know, business, business partnerships and uh, even being able to, you know, be the co-host of marketing school with Neil and, and things like that, that, that have, have come out of your career with, with people that you've worked with. Do you look back on uh, now at the point that you are now in your career at any relationships that you have now that at the time you didn't really think anything of it. You know what I mean? Like I asked this question because I, I like to get people thinking about what this, like what the good effects of just constantly getting to know people can be for you. Cause I think a lot of people have this idea of like, well, if I don't meet this one person, then all networking that I'm doing is just a waste of time. And I, and I, mm. I try to get people out of that mindset to start thinking about like, you never have any, I, that's the thing about relationships is you never know at what point you met somebody, you don't even know like you didn't know them at all and you didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And then like three years later, all of a sudden you're like in business together and you did this huge thing or something big came out of it. Do you have any stories of like, you can look back on that. You're like, you know, when I first met this person had no idea, but then it turned into this, they introduced me to this person or some big opportunity came out of that. Any, any stories that, that uh, come to your mind? Yeah. I mean, so right now I'm, I'm in Miami with um, one of those friends and actually I'll, I'll give you two examples. So one, I actually, um, this is on the other side where I hired a person. So 
back then there's a Reddit type of style type of uh, marketing message board. And um, I, I read a blog post and I, I thought it was really good. And I wanted to hire that person to help for the single grain blog. And so we hired the person and it, the work was really good. So we said, you know what? Why don't we um, hire them for a bigger project? That worked out well. There's that story. I'll leave that there because it connects with the second story. The second story is, you know, my podcast leveling up. There was one guy, he's a co-founder of a company that does about $200 million a year right now. He listened to it and he invited me to speak at his conference. I actually, by the way, I almost missed the email because it just blended in with everything. So long story short, the reason why I wanted to go to the conference was because it was held at a casino and I, I like playing poker, right? So I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> they're going to pay for my room. I'm going to get to speak at this conference, B2B and all that. That's cool. So long story short, that guy is now one of my closest friends. He's with me here in Miami. By the way, the other guy is also in Miami as well. And I connected the two and the, the original blogger, he's now a director, a high, high up director, gets paid really well. So that happened. That was good for him. But, um, you know, just going on these trips, you know, we do a lot of different things. It's gone like much beyond any type of business type relationship. It's a friendship. We travel together. Um, we do business deals together. And, you know, by the way, um, I'll make a lot of introductions for him. So about three or four people on his team actually came from intros from me. And those are people that have interactions with me. I might come across them at an event or whatever, but you just never know what's going to happen to your point. Yeah, that's the big thing is even people who you're like totally unimpressed by. Someone used to tell me that every every dud knows a stud or something like that. Like you just, just treat people well because you never know who's watching, what's going to happen and what might come out of that if you're just looking at everything with eyes yeah. of opportunity instead of, you know, eyes of cynicism. And uh, I think it's going to do you a lot better in the long run. Um, Eric, I, yeah. I'd love to keep talking about this stuff, man. I know we're running close on time here. So let's go ahead and move on to the last segment. So I'm going to have to call the random round. Just quick random questions, quick random answers. Ready? Yep. What profession other than your own do you think that it would just be fun to attempt? Well, I was going to say that, but no. I guess author. I'm trying to think of some type of creator. Maybe it's a YouTube creator. I would just love to be a full-time YouTube creator. That, that just looks fun. Yeah, I hear you, man. I would, I would definitely be more like that entertaining type world for sure. Yeah. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and chat for an hour, who would it be? Probably Bill Gates. Yeah, or it's either Bill Gates or um, Jeff Bezos. I just want to know, you know, how they think about things. And look, they don't need to play the game anymore, but they're continuing to play the game. So, how do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? I love. So I'll listen to podcasts, but I love reading more than anything. But again, because if I, when I have a physical book, I can focus. So yeah. What's a book that you would recommend to any entrepreneur? This one. So this one's called the Nordic theory of everything. And it's about happiness, right? It's how the Nordic countries handle that. And then I think the other one, if you want tactical stuff, the great CEO within the whole book is littered with tactics. And it's written by this one VC that that's backed a lot of amazing companies. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. I'll typically meditate for about 15 to 30 minutes. I'll use Headspace for that. Um, and then I'll do a quick, my workout is basic at home. It's 200 pushups, 200 sit-ups and 100 squats. And then I'll hop on my Peloton bike and ride for about you know 20 to 45 minutes. And by the way, before I start all that, I actually will scroll through. I'll do, I used to doom scroll, but now I actually have purpose when I wake up. So I'll look at my my Gmail and I'll look at the newsletters I follow and that will give me topic ideas. So I'll scroll really quick, look at the trends of the day and I'll come up with about 10 ideas, whether it's for podcasts or YouTube. And I'll usually pick one or two of them. That way I can stay on top of things. So that is the morning routine and I don't eat breakfast. What is your go-to pump up song? I think I really have one. I'll say my, my go-to type of music would probably be progressive. So got it. What is something Eric that you are just not very good at? I'm not very good at a 
lot of things. I, I don't know. I'm not very good at staying focused on just one thing. Yeah. The entrepreneurial curse right there. As we get everything wrapped up here, bro, what's the one place where our listeners can go to connect with you the most online? Yeah, they can go to levelingup.com or they can follow me on Twitter at Eric O-S-I-U or on Instagram, same username. And uh, yeah, feel free to DM me. Eric O-S-I-U over on Twitter and on Instagram. And then please, please, please go pick up a copy of Eric's book right now while you're thinking about it. Levelingup.com. promise you will not regret that. Eric, thanks so much for joining me on the show today, brother. I had a fantastic time. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.